0: Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woge Pod here in LA with the great Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, how are you?
1: Doing good. We just uh, watched a good game between the Raptors and the Clippers across the street.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, so the Clippers are rolling. It's another <laughs> was- another big day for them. They play well. Uh, they beat it. What's been it? What's been a good Raptors team since their trade with the Knicks? But the news of the day, obviously, and we're going to hit on a few things in this visit. But the news of the day, Kawhi Leonard re-signing with the Clippers three years, a little over $150 million, uh, basically $100 million in new money. He had a player option for next year. He declines that, goes out three years, and does it in Kawhi Leonard fashion. Just an email from the team, we've (laughs) re-signed Kawhi Leonard, and then we spent some time scrambling to get the, the numbers on that. And that's step one for the Clippers, Ramona, They're three star players, Paul George, of course, and James Harden. They can't start talking to Harden until after the finals are over, off season, essentially. But Paul George is the big one now. They got Kawhi Leonard, which is what they wanted to do below the max. They were not going to, with this new second apron, the new salary cap, if you were going to be able to put a team around them, the Clippers were adamant this was going to be a negotiation. This wasn't just, you're just not getting a max deal anymore. You're going to see more of this with other teams as they re-sign players in their 30s and players with injuries. But let's start with that, with Kawhi Leonard, who was the focal point coming into L.A. It has been mostly frustration during this run, but all of a sudden he's been healthy this year. He has been playing. He's been playing at a, a very high level, and this is a Clippers team that looks right now as formidable as anybody in the Western Conference. And and now they start working really on, continue to work on the Paul George extension and that negotiation, which I think may take some more time. So
1: Kawhi Leonard this year has looked as good as he did before the knee injury that he suffered in the playoffs against the Jazz. When they went to the Western Conference Finals, he actually had to kind of do that last part without him when he when he had the injury in the middle of the playoff series. And when you see when you see Kawhi at that peak, it's like a different. It, it, you, you forget how good he is yeah. because the rest of the time he's playing with an injury that he's managing and you it bursts or something. But then when you see peak Kawhi, yeah. you're like, oh,
0: that's. He right. just plays the game at a different speed, yeah. gets to where he wants it to get to. And it's like 2019 it, Kawhi yeah, again. It's yeah. the
1: finals MVP Kawhi again. Yeah. And he did have a little injury a couple of weeks ago, but other than that, he's played yeah. every game.
0: Played every game. You've seen the impact James Harden's had yeah. on this group. Um, they have learned to play together. Ty Lewis figured out the combinations that work together. Russell Westbrook's doing great off the bench. And, you know, this is a team now moving into the new arena next year. But this is a now team. And you can look two, three years down the road, that's fine. This is a team you just don't know with the health, yeah. especially Kawhi Leonard, where it's been a little more chronic then they've been a little more freakish injuries with Paul George. Mm-hmm.
1: But let's go back like a few weeks ago, just the first five games with James Harden. It was bad. It was so bad. And and we started this season saying this is the last chance for yep. this group. And then they go and trade for Harden, and they lose right out of the gates badly. And you're like, are they even going to make it to the trade deadline with this yeah. group? And now look at them. Like yeah. I, I think when you look at this group right now, and they still, have some, they still could do some things at the trade deadline. They yeah. still could add around the margins. I, I think they have to be looked at as one of the favorites in the Western Conference now. If not, I mean, I, mm-hmm. you can't not dislodge Denver, okay? Right. But they have to be in that conversation now. Just think where we were a month ago.
0: You, you have to, guarding them is really hard. And Harden, Harden with the ball in his hands with this group has been, you know, you, you're seeing teams that sometimes they got to commit two to him. Yep. And he's – you see Paul George more comfortable and, like, getting more catch-and-shoot with Harden. And he's just been, you know, Zubats the other night. You see what Harden – and so I give Harden all the credit in the world. He's having fun with his team. He's reinvigorated. And James Harden will be judged on the postseason. Like, that has been his Achilles in his career. If he goes into the postseason with a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, you know, certainly those are their two best players. More will be expected, but – They've got to get this Paul George extension done, and again, it's a negotiation, and Paul George came here, he is these are all Southern California guys, his family's here, they have not really given themselves a chance to make this work, where they've been healthy and been able to make a run in the postseason. Really, except the bubble. That was the one group. No, the,
1: the one year. They, they went to the Western Conference Finals, and then that's when Kawhi... When Kawhi got
0: hurt. They yeah. haven't been able to have their team. And that team...
1: And Paul almost beat the Suns that year. Yeah.
0: Paul almost yeah. single-handedly been carried a them. There's been a butt every way. Yep. And, so, and we'll see if they get through it, but... There's the butt. Th- this, <laughs> new, this new salary cap, the days of being able to just rely on... Listen, Steve Ballmer will pay luxury tax yep. to the moon and back. It doesn't matter. You can't do that anymore. And... For people, and I know it's boring and it's dry, but what that second apron and what being, you know, roughly 17, 18 million over the cap does, it limits you if you are in that threshold, you lose your draft picks. You are limited in the kind of trades you can make. You can't sign buyout players. So teams want to get out of there. Now the Clippers probably be in it next year anyway because of all the you know, especially when they resign hard and butt. They just weren't canning out max contracts anymore. And so now Paul George is going to have a decision to make about, so the Clippers are going to try to get him for what they can get him for. Maybe that's less than what Kawhi just re-signed for. And Paul George also has the leverage of, in free agency, if it's Philadelphia has a max slot, Indiana has a max slot where he played. He's got Tyrese Halliburton there. Uh, maybe the Orlando Magic, where you you plug him into that team. With their, like, You go, wow, they could be really good. Yeah, I don't think Paul George wants any of that. I think he wants to win in L.A. and see this through with this Clipper team. But you know, Ramona, it's a negotiation. Yeah. It's a negotiation. And if you're the Clippers, you want that extension done by the trade deadline. You can't. You're taking a risk getting past a trade deadline, and you don't come to an agreement. Yep. And Paul George walks out the door. So... Listen, I think they're all motivated to find a way. There's going to be a lot of posturing, but it's not done till it's done.
1: Well, I also thought order matters, right? So in real estate, when one house sells for $2 million, the houses next to it, go up in value or go down in value based on whether that was a good comp or not. So Kawhi Leonard is the first one off the board in terms of these extensions. And I thought... That set the market. The fact that I mean, it's hard to say somebody making fifty million a year is taking less, but he is. It's less than the max. It's three years, not five or how much he could have gone. Yeah, and longer. I, and I
0: hear the thing is I don't really give you. I, I'm not giving. I'm not giving you credit for taking less because the bottom line is, if you want to win and you want to have a championship team around you, you've made a lot of money. Yeah, you've just made a lot of money. And if this thing was about LA and and I think these guys owe this organization a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't normally ever say that. But they do. And it was nobody's fault of their own that they were hurt. But I think they see an owner who invested, an organization that kept building around them and went to great lengths to get both traded Shea Shea Gildas Alexander and a monster package to Oklahoma City because Kawhi Leonard wanted Paul George. And I, I always think that's one of
1: the sliding doors in the NBA is, you know, they, they, The Clippers make that trade for Paul George because Kawhi Leonard would not come without Paul George. Said he wouldn't come without said Paul George. Said he wouldn't
0: come. Right? And it was, do we believe it? That's a hell there of a were people in Because the there were people in the room who yeah. didn't believe it. Right. And said, let's just play this through. Yeah. SGA is going to be a star. We really believe that. Yet, again, we can go back. It happened. The trade happened. Yep. This is their team. And... You know, again, Paul George, if it's just about money, yeah, yeah. there's going to be a lot of money in some pretty interesting places, but this is their team, and this is their vision, and James Harden, how this has worked out with him so far has been just better than I think any of them even imagined this quickly. But it's going to be an interesting story as we get closer.
1: I'm already starting to write that story of the four guys who grew up in L.A. In the sort of outskirts of L.A., right? They're not in L.A. proper. James Harden, I guess, artie's just closer. Yeah, right? and yeah. Russell Westbrook and uh, L- Lawndale, right? But but it's a, it's a good story of those four guys who haven't won elsewhere ex- except for Kawhi, right? Um, coming together you know, in their 30s, trying to find uh, a way to make this work. And it's it's a weird, it's an awkward fit, right? Like James Harden sort of dislodged Russell Westbrook, and Westbrook had had a resurgent year with them. But they really are at that age in their careers where you have to sacrifice. You have to make it work. And it happens to be in L.A. with an organization where your family's all around. I mean, yeah. I, when I, I see James Harden the- now, he just looks like lighter, freer, happier. He seems, you know, uh, not quite Houston James Harden, okay, in terms of the way he's playing but but he's up there
0: he's done everything they yeah. asked of him and listen he's playing for a contract yeah and that's part of it and but that's what they knew they were getting we're gonna get a very motivated player and so listen this is a clipper team that again playing as well as anybody in the west it'll be fun to see this thing play out it's just funny how quickly it turns in yeah. the league you when the trade happens and they're struggling and And Lakers win the in-season tournament and the Lakers are the team. And all of a sudden it's all, it flips fast. You can now stream the most MLB games on direct TV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call one 800 Directv or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Some more news today, Ramon. And I reported earlier, the NBA denied the Knicks their disabled player exception for Mitchell Robinson. Uh, the league doctors look at these injuries, and they have to determine that a player is likely to be out until mid-June, essentially the end of the okay. season. And you get, they would have gotten seven, seven and a half million, 7.8 million of an exception that they could use to bring somebody else in or to use it and uh, to take on salary. The league denied him because it's also what the Knicks thought, that there was actually some hope that Mitchell Robinson could return this season, and that's his rehab and where he's at. There's a lot of optimism that Robinson is back before the playoffs. At the end of the regular season, one of the league's best defensive centers was actually leading the league in offensive rebounding and a real force, especially if you're in the East and you're trying to play – you know, Joel Embiid in the playoffs and Yasa Tentacumpo. And you've seen Isaiah Hartenstein, his backup, has had a great couple week run physically in the post. And it's come together with the Knicks. And I think they're a team. We keep talking about they got to add more, they got to add more, and they do. But there's something to be said for the way this group plays together. The leadership on this team with Jalen Brunson, yep. Julius Randle is playing a much more efficient, I think, mature game. He looks like a player you you want to play with more than mm-hmm. you maybe you had in some other seasons. And OG Ananobi, they're 5-0 since he came. And listen, I'm not sure the Knicks are a team I can imagine in the NBA Finals. I don't really imagine them winning the East. But I could make a case for them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I could make a case right now.
1: Yep, depending um, on the draw.
0: Stay away from the Celtics early. I don't know what. That Bucks team has lots of issues to work out yeah. between now and – but Mitchell Robinson back with Hartenstein, this is a tough team. Tom Thibodeau, this is a team built for him, and it's going to be really interesting to see if this is a Knicks team that can, again, make, make a real run in the postseason.
1: Hartenstein is one of my favorite um, – Guys in the league because he, he plays every game, like doesn't miss a game. He's played all 37 this year again. Um, just always there. I talked to him last year when I was doing a story on Nikola Jokic because he had started his career there, and he was sort of like the the guy in practice who'd have to go against him, right? Um, and he was a uh, I, – I just think he's got that mentality, like he understands his role. He always has. And then so when you thrust him into a bigger one, there's a sort of graciousness to it. Like there's not a there's not a big head that starts swelling and thinking contracts. Like he's just he's a perfect Tibbs player. He's a perfect guy for that team. And, and the
0: East is funky yeah. right now, Ramona. But you've got a Bucks team that has not guarded. Oh. They they are getting lit up by teams with good guards. Yep. And you have a, a Philly team that was playing as well as anybody in the East. But Joel Embiid has started to miss games with that knee. Yep. And they need if the if Philly can make any run at all, they need Joel at peak level. In the postseason, we all know that, and so you've got your eye on them a little bit to see if he's going to get through this. Yeah, um, it's been a little, it's been a little funky lately with him and missing. Yeah, time. I mean, look that
1: that knee injury is the same one he had during the playoffs last year, and during the playoffs, I mean, you know, he had to go. But if this is the kind of knee injury that you know normally is a four to six week injury, and he just played after a little while off because they were in the playoffs and you just got to try it. Um, It was a thing. He had to nurse over the summer. It's just sort of always there. Um, And I think with, uh, I think with this latest one, Look, he wants to play, like, and that sixty-five game threshold that that all the guys are very aware of this year. That's always in the back of your mind. When, Remind
0: people what that means. Yeah,
1: like you can't get All NBA if you don't play sixty-five games. You can't be MVP if you don't play sixty-five games. I, I think it. You know, a couple years ago, his games played really hurt him in the final voting with Nikola Jokic when he finished second to Jokic, um, and it's it's kind of. Once those games start mounting, right, you know, you can, we can all do the math. Like how many games you start to miss, you know, I I mean, does it, does it make you come back faster than maybe you would? Does it, does the standings make you come back also? So I think, I think all those are in play because Embiid until this knee injury was the, the betting favorite to, to repeat his MVP and he's having, I, I would say a better year than he had his, his MVP season statistically and leadership wise the way he's playing but but if, if he doesn't
0: play 65 games you can't win so the knicks philadelphia and then another team in the news yesterday the miami heat Oof. agreeing on an extension with eric spolstra i was told eight years over 120 million dollars about 15 million a year uh, the most money ever allocated in a single contract. There are coaches who make more per year. Yeah. Greg Popovich makes more per year in the NBA. But eight years. But over eight years. And it speaks to this is the only place he's ever worked, the only place he wants to work. They all know what they have together there. And I think it was a way with you, you can just look at the, how negotiations might have gone. Okay, may, maybe we don't get you to 18, 19, 20 but we're going to give you the years and a place you're going to want to be. And Eric Sposter said to me a few years ago, we did a podcast and he talked about wanting someday whenever Pat Riley left and maybe Pat may outlast everybody there, um, that the chance to have the president's role perhaps with coach appeal to him. And certainly this sets him up for that. You know, they have an infrastructure with Mm. Andy Ellsberg and Adam Simon in a front office yeah, that just potentially would just could just stay in place, but Pat Riley's show no intentions of. No. He wants to win another. He's. They've been
1: to two of the last three finals.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> and so just the remarkable, and you're seeing in this yeah. league, Ramona. Teams, there's a tier of coaches teams are willing to pay for. You're, you got several guys over ten million dollars a year now, and typically you're going to have to have a championship to be in that group. Um, Ty Lu's probably headed there on his next deal. Steve Kerr. Uh, Steve Kerr is, that's a negotiation that's been ongoing with Kerr. And, you know, it's funny, Monty Williams this summer goes to Detroit at 13.75 yeah. in that area. And people talk about it, that it was changing, that it would change the market. I don't know if it did or not because, again, Monty doesn't have a championship. Detroit believe they're buying a program with Monty Williams, ownership wanted to pay. It's not gone great so far, um, but he didn't come in there for one year. He's come in to try to build a program. Mm -hmm. I think he's got a great young player in Kate Cunningham to do it around Jalen Dern. But the Spolstra makes sense really on every level for that organization. If you had a draft, if you said all the NBA coaches are available and we're going to do a lottery and have a draft, who gets picked first? Yeah. He gets picked first by all 30 teams, would pick him first. I really I believe think that's that. Right. And it wouldn't matter. What's interesting about him is with Spolstra, it wouldn't matter if you had a team that was in a rebuild, if you had a team somewhere in the yeah. middle, or you had a championship team. You'd say he's the best guy to coach all three of those because he's shown it. That's a great point. You wouldn't say that about Steve Kerr. You would say with Steve Kerr, hey, I've got a championship level team with veteran guys yeah. and like the team he took over. And that wasn't a champion. I mean, they became a championship yeah. team. He was the right guy for that Golden State team at the time. But I'm not sure Steve Kerr would be my coach in a rebuild with All young I guys. Know right? is
1: every single year, the Miami Heat find these guys. Seemingly, I mean, and for us, it feels like they come out of nowhere. But for them, they've they've been scouting them in G leagues, and they're yeah. in Sioux Falls, and they're you know, and all these things. And and then Spo gets the absolute most out of them. And then they've and then they have veterans like Kyle Lowry or Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson goes elsewhere, and there's there's, there's not making an impact. But with the yeah. he's great. Yeah. And Kyle Lowry squeezing every. Yeah.
0: Like when Gabe Vincent is Comebacks, healthy, we'll find yeah. out. Is Gabe Vincent? Yeah. The same player in somewhere else than he was yep. in Miami. And think of the value. You're, okay, so you're paying him at $15 million a year. Yeah. And you say he's maybe your, I don't know, sixth, seventh, eighth highest paid player. I don't know what it would yeah. be on Miami. The value well, that... Duncan, he,
1: Duncan Robinson still probably makes more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a bunch of guys who do. <laughs> yeah. But think of what it... The value in you being able to take a guy on a minimum salary... Yep. Uh, essentially, at times off the scrap heap, and turn him into a rotation player. Yeah, and the financial value that has for an organization, he pays for himself ten times over. It's 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 a bargain. And listen, Miami's not like you know they're paying Pat Riley a lot and they pay Spo a lot and Mickey Arison's always been committed. He knows what he has in those guys, and it is um, you know I would think if Eric Spolstro wants it. And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, you know, that he's the obvious choice to replace Steve Kerr as a national coach after the Olympics. Mm-hmm. If Kerr, if Kerr's only going to do this once, that Spo is the next coach, and uh, it'll be. Um, but it's interesting again for this coaching marketplace, you know, that Steve Kerr negotiation has been ongoing, and they've been going back and yeah. forth. I think it's an easier conversation to have when things are going great. A little yeah. less when you're in crisis. Like this. Well,
1: it would have been okay if they got it done right after the championship, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But in Golden State, they didn't get the Bob Myers deal done the year before. He leaves. And I think with Steve Kerr, I think Steve Kerr really still wants to coach. Bob Myers got to a point where he didn't necessarily want to do that job at the time anymore. And I think Steve Kerr's loyalty, devotion to Steph Curry, to not wanting to leave Steph. Yeah. But that's becoming an increasingly... You know, you do know in Golden State you've got a committed owner, but you may have to take, well, you're going to take a step back, a few steps back to try to, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if they'll be able to reshape this roster yeah. around um, Steph Curry.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: There's no question, back to the coaching salaries, it's, uh, you know, uh, Nick Nurse in Philadelphia is paid at at a high level. He was in a very... You know, in a marketplace where Phoenix was interested and Milwaukee was interested, and 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 obviously the Sixers hired him. Um, that well, I'll go-
1: say that you know one of some one of the coaches I talked to a lot said to me, you know, there had been a, a realignment of general manager salaries in the last you know five years or something. Player salaries have gone from. You know, thirty million a year is a max, and now it's like sixty million is what you can get. But there hadn't really been a resetting of the co- coaching market, and I think you're seeing that now, like the the resetting of the coaching salaries at the highest tier. But the question is, it's the same thing with max player contracts. Who's really worth it? And I think Spo is really worth it. I think he really. When you have a team that every year they make the playoffs, every year they're contending, they're a tough out. You go to the finals in 2020. They go to the finals in 2023. I mean, with, with teams that I, I would say both were surprises, right? The bowl, they come from the eighth seed all the way up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so, so to like, I, I think that you're right. He pays for himself. But I, I also think there's a sort of rethinking of how important the coach is. You know, a lot of... Other sports, they kind of in baseball. Maybe it's managers, the analytics guy, and they they seem that they're they're executing what the front office is telling them to do. And there was this thought that does that? How much does that? How much do they matter? How much does the manager matter? I think it really matters in basketball. I, I, this isn't just analytics. This isn't somebody you plug in like that personality and temperament and leadership and the ability to control. Like look at look at Memphis last year with Taylor Jenkins. Look look what he was asked to do with everything going on with John ja Morant. That that was a sh- gigantic responsibility that he had to be the public face of.
0: Listen, That's,
1: that's a lot mo- to ask of a coach. And, s- and all of these guys are the ones day in and day out facing the media, setting the tone for the organization.
0: Listen, there's places where you see the chaos. It's very public. Yeah. The issues in Memphis. You see what's going on in Golden State. It exists almost everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes you don't see it as readily, yeah. but it is going on behind the scenes. Some organizations do a better job of keeping a lid on it than others. And I don't, in a lot of ways, I don't think it's ever been harder to be a coach in this league. Yeah. Because in a lot of ways, they have less power. The front offices yep. have power. Owners are more involved than ever mm-hmm. in how teams are operating. They're like owners. They're more and more owners, guys who spend a lot of money to buy these teams and who want to be involved, not just in picking the players and deciding, yep, but but what the coach is running, what the coach is doing, who's playing, that's a part of it. And dealing with agents, dealing with all the politics of playing time and yep. contract negotiations, and you got to play this guy or we can't play this guy. There's lots of stuff behind the scenes with coaches. And I, I, I don't think it's ever been a more challenging job. And I don't think the coaching profession's ever been better. Like, the, like you've got to be with the with all the technology available. Yeah. With the way these guys work and getting so many coaches figuring out ways to get these little edges on the margins, you know, the days of the coach who leaves the you know leaves the facility yeah. and ha- and uh, you know half an hour you know after rides the rides yeah. the peloton for a half an hour and then goes home after practice, <laughs> like those guys, you're gonna get your ass kicked in this league. Yeah. Um, but it's not just about an inspirational speech anymore. No. And nobody, and, and you know. again, so I think you're right. I think there's an assistant. You, you're seeing like Phoenix paid a lot of money yeah. for David Fisdale and Kevin Young to go with uh, Frank, Frank, Frank Vogel yeah. bringing in. And so people are paying for stabs, you know, football, it means the most. There's no question. Yeah. Like the coordinators, who your coordinators are, your head coach, you, you have to tailor personnel really to who your coaches and their style of play. The NBA, they could fire a coach. They could go into the draft and start a free agency, and if you didn't have your coach, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. He's going to hes gonna tailor his style to who he has. Football, I think it flips yeah. a little different. Yeah. But uh, Spoh, but again, Spo, eight years, over 120. I think he uh, sets
1: the market. Is there anybody who's going to top that? I mean, is Ty Lue going to get that? Is Steve Kerr going to get that? I don't know.
0: Listen, Ty Lue If things continue to go well with this group, you know, last year at the end of the season, it was a difficult season for the Clippers last year. And whether there was going to be an extension or not was a little bit of a conversation after the season. Um, They didn't do that. I think they both sides wanted to see how this went, what direction the team was going. But I think as you keep this group together, it's vital to them that he's, it's easy for Steve Ballmer to pay a coat. Like there's no luxury tax. There's no yeah. second apron. You can pay your staff whatever you want. Yeah. Lawrence Frank loves Ty Lue. There and Steve Ballmer loves Ty Lue. The players yeah. respect him. That's an easy one. Yeah. And Steve Kerr, you know, listen, we're talking about a matter of does he get 15 million? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you know, again, you're going to see owners, you know, willing to pay, and yeah. and and especially if they feel like. They're in position to be able to win win a championship. It's it's one place where you can spend outside of the salary cap and you know put the kind of staff together that you think is is worth a few wins a year and is and it, and makes a difference in the postseason. Ramona, this was fun, uh, interesting. Again, interesting day in the NBA trade deadline now within the month, so Oof. it'll continue to get more interesting. We saw Pascal Siakam. Uh, over in the arena tonight, that's going to be a player that we're going to talk a lot about over the next. Uh, size so his agent Todd Ramasar and uh, Masai Ujiri, I think, was in and out today, and Bobby Webster, their GM, and it's going to be a lot of conversations over the next few weeks. I had some Raptors fans as we were walking out of the arena yeah. asking, <laughs> asking what's going on with Pascal, and and um, I think they that's had their go-
1: phones out, so you were careful not to say too much. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, but I think <laughs> yes, but I think that's going to be. Um, you know, one of the interesting trade deadline starts. I think there's going to be a lot of them. I think there's going to be very quietly, there's always going to be some players and some things that are going to start sneaking up on you as you get closer uh, to February 8th. So um, better get home and get some sleep. Thanks, Ramona. Thanks, folks.